Hey, greetings everyone from our home to yours. I hope this finds you safe and well. Welcome to week three of Lent. And today we're going to look at the story of Jesus cleansing the temple. Now, some theologians and scholars will say that this is the second time that Jesus cleansed the temple. He did it once at the beginning of his ministry and once here at the end of his ministry uh, as, we, as we journey towards his death and resurrection. But regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of whether he did or didn't cleanse it twice, uh, we know that he absolutely did cleanse the temple once. And the story that of that towards the end of his ministry is the one that we want to talk about today. So the story is that the, the Passover was near and Jesus went to the temple to, to you know partake. And what he saw there were a bunch of merchants that were selling doves, goats, uh, well, sheep, everything uh, that was needed for the Passover. You see, in the Jewish religion, you had to partake in the Passover at least once, and it was the Passover and the blood that was shed on the Passover that forgave you and your family of your sins. And so there was a big, long ceremony, and there was a big, long to-do about how uh, the lamb was slaughtered and everything like that, which I really don't want to get into, but what these people were doing was providing a service to make it easier for those folks that were on this pilgrimage to go take care of the Passover, to go participate in the Passover, they were they were providing you know these animals so that the folks wouldn't have to bring the animals from where they were, and many of them were traveling for many days to get there. So these merchants would set up and sell animals, and they would change exchange money because you could only use money that was the currency of the temple. So these folks that were living in foreign lands would bring their, their foreign currency, exchange it for temple currency. They would buy the animal that needed to be used for their sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. And so it, it was really helpful. I mean, much like a Bible bookstore or, or something, you know, back in the day when we had bookstores. But it was something that the church used uh, to provide a service to the folks that were there to, to worship. And that's not a bad thing in of itself, but the problem was they were exhorting just terrible prices and had terrible taxes, and it became that the temple was more about making money than helping those people worship and observe the Passover. So this, of course, made Jesus mad because he said that his house would be a house of prayer, and that the temple was not supposed to be like that. And so he tells them that, uh, you know, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. And they're like, what? You're crazy. It took 46 years to build this. But we know now that he was talking about his death and resurrection. But he takes and makes a whip and he starts whipping people and animals out of the temple. So if you look at some theologians and some of the way that folks are translating the Bible now, they found that Jesus hitting people and running animals out of the temple, well, it's not politically correct. And the cancel culture really doesn't like that. So there are folks that uh, are leading the charge to have that part of Jesus's life changed. And their argument is that type of violence was terrible and that Jesus would not resort to violence to get anyone out of the temple or to, you know, whip anybody. Uh, even the animals was terrible. And so that part of Jesus, they don't want to hear. The NRSV says it like this, making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. 
So you see that subtle shift there? There's there's nothing that talks about the people. Uh, he made a whip and he drove out the people with their animals versus he made a whip and drove out all of them, meaning just the animals. So I was shocked that people would, you know, be reluctant to think about Jesus using whips on people. I mean, I, I'm reluctant to think about it too. I mean, it is not something about Jesus that... Um, we want to hear. But if you think about everything that Jesus said and did in his lifetime, he really rallied against the fake religion and the religion uh, that was that was causing people to, to die not knowing who Jesus really was, because religion can mess us up if we let it. I do think most people really want to see Jesus as, as peaceful and loving and, you know, graceful, and and we see the tender moments of forgiveness and washing people's feet. But the argument that they use against it, just because we don't like that aspect of Jesus, is a terrible argument. But so what? You know, I mean, the Bible has stories of sex, rape, murder, incest, betrayal, genocide, use of alcohol, sword fighting, torture, and, and even execution. I mean, I have a theologian friend that uh, remarks that Jesus was killed by state-sponsored execution, and it's true. Does common usage or the literary gymnastics about whether Jesus hit people with a whip or not, does it, does it matter or not? It doesn't matter, really. The story says that Jesus made a whip and drove people and their animals out of the temple. The Bible does not say he hit anyone or any animal with the whip, like I said, if he did, we would probably have seen a lot of pushback about that. Um, you could infer, though, that he probably did, I'm guessing, but you don't need to. I mean, think about this. If you're at a church yard sale or something and, and someone came in and grabbed a yardstick and started whipping people to get them out of the church, are you going to sit by and let yourself get hit by the yardstick? No, you're going to run. So the story in the paper would say that somebody picked up a yardstick and was was you know using it to run people out of the out of the church. And that's the story that we have of Jesus. You can infer that someone got hit, but it doesn't really matter, but that doesn't change what Jesus did. It doesn't change the fact that he was without sin and it doesn't change the fact that shortly after thereafter he was going to die and be resurrected for our sins willingly. So we have to let the story be what the story is and stop trying to cancel who Jesus really is. He was someone that was passionate about what was happening to his church and his religion. We have to quit trying to cancel him. I mean, he canceled our sins. Let's focus on that. Grace and peace to you. God bless you. Have a great week.